Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. Today we are continuing our series, The Promise. The Promise. And even though the topic of the Holy Spirit can be controversial in the church, as Paul said, I don't want us to be ignorant of this third person of the Godhead Trinity. Because in my experience, churches either avoid this topic out of fear of what might happen, and I get it, I've been there, and so leadership will either avoid the topic or, and and hear me out, sometimes leadership in churches, they're, they're, they're just too lazy to study and teach the fullness of our relationship with the Holy Spirit, and they stick to what only they know. And this topic is so critical for the church and yet misunderstood by so many that it deserves our relationship with the Holy Spirit deserves the proper attention. And so here's the plan. Here's the goal. We're going to continue the series today. Next Sunday is Mother's Day. Somebody just was like, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> you're not by yourself. You're just the only person that let out the gasp, okay? So men, children, you've been warned, okay? Next Sunday is Mother's Day. You've got a week to prepare. I, I'm going to take a hiatus. That's the plan. Next week, I'm going to take a hiatus from this series, and then we'll come back into it. That's the plan, God reserves the right to do whatever he wants to, okay? And so don't, don't get upset with me if we walk in here on Mother's Day and I'm just like, nope, I'm sorry. Here's where we're heading, okay? And, and so we'll just listen to God. But the plan is next Sunday we will take a break from this series because I don't want to be that church leader that ignores the subject because there's so many things that we don't understand. The truth is, there's so many mysteries of God. God's word tells us that there's mysteries. And there's so many mysteries that we may not ever completely understand. And to be honest with you, we try our best to figure out this thing that we call theology. And to be honest, his ways are so much higher than mine. Who am I to think that I've got any of this figured out? The only thing that we can probably all agree with in this room is that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. The rest of it, it will all get figured out, okay? My job today is to present to you God's word and to guide you with his word and then allow the Holy Spirit to work on all of our hearts individually because we'll be better corporately once we allow him to work on us as individuals. Amen? The first week of the series, we looked at who the Holy Spirit is. Defined by his role, he is God the Holy Spirit. Jesus referred to him as our helper and our comforter. We need the Holy Spirit. We looked at the scriptural support that salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit are two different experiences for the believer. Now, no one has emailed me, no one has called me, no one has sent me any Facebook messages or anything like that. But, but here's what I say is that 
if you were not here that first week, you would have to go back and, and look at the instances to, to, to where we, we gathered that information and realized that the, sal- that the salvation of a believer and the baptism of the Holy Spirit are two different experiences for the believer. On the night that Christ was betrayed and arrested, he made a promise to, to his disciples. And here's what he said to them, and we've read it every week of the series. John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. Jesus said, and I will ask the Father... And he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Verse 17 says, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. So so we just understand the world doesn't get this. If you're an unbeliever, you can care less about the Holy Spirit. He says, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. He said, you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So he said, he's with you. But there's going to come a moment when you're going to have the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to be in you. Then last week, I I pointed out to you that Jesus made it plain to his disciples that the Holy Spirit inside of you is more advantageous than Jesus beside you. Jesus said this to his disciples. He says, it's it's expedient that I go to the Father. He said, it's it's so important that that I go so that the the helper, the friend, the comforter can come. And, And he said that this is to our advantage. The infilling power of the Holy Spirit, it made intimidated cowards stand up and spread the good news of Christ. On the night that he was arrested, they ran in fear. They they were disassociating themselves from him. They had stood shoulder to shoulder with Jesus for over three years, but it was the baptism of the Holy Spirit that made the difference because he made them become bold and courageous in, in how they wanted to present the gospel. Now, we've all witnessed it. Maybe you've been that parent or that coach that tried to teach a little child how to hit a baseball. You've, you've seen it. You know, you teach them to, to get the proper stance in the batter's box. You know, get the, get the bat up off your shoulder. Keep your eye on the ball. Now, somebody in between services came up to me, Edgar. I won't say any names, but Edgar. And said, you look like a, a basketball player trying to swing a baseball bat. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you are correct. But you teach that child to, to take the stance in the batter's box, get, get the bat up off their shoulder, keep your eye on the ball, and watch the ball hit the bat, which it's actually the bat hitting the ball, but we teach them, watch the ball hit the bat. And you keep going over this with them, proper stance in, in, in the batter's box, get the bat up off your shoulder, keep your eye on the ball, watch the ball hit the bat, and, and, and you, you just keep pumping this into them. And, and finally, one day, they get into the game, and everyone is excited. You know, mom's got the video camera. Everyone is watching, and, well, who, who am I kidding? We don't carry video cameras around anymore, do we? I've really got to progress with this. We, we have our phones out, you know, so people are videoing. Grandparents are so excited. Grandma's got the video camera. Um, and the child gets up. Standing in the batter's box, and, and the first pitch comes, they, they, they swing at the first pitch, and, and, and it's a strike. The second pitch, they whiff it again, miss the ball. But the third pitch, they've assumed the right position in the batter's box. 
The bat is up off the shoulder. They watch the ball. And then they watch it connect with the bat. And, and to everyone's amazement, it soars past the shortstop into left center field. Everyone is cheering. Mom is losing her mind. Dad's over there going, I taught him that. I taught him that. But here's the problem. No one taught the kid what to do next. <laughs> and he just stands there at home plate. He just hit the ball. He did a good job. But he's not rounding the bases because nobody taught him the why. They taught him the how, but nobody taught him the why. The purpose of hitting the ball is to advance around the bases and to score runs. Hopefully, you'll score more runs than the other team and you'll win the game. But nobody taught the kid that. Nobody said, here's the why. They just said, here's how you hit the ball. And one of the dangers of churches that constantly stress the gift of the Spirit is that they confuse the power of the Holy Spirit with the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And this is a major dilemma in the church. We confuse the power with the, of the Holy Spirit with the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And we become so tunnel focused on the how that we forget about the why. And in church, the why is always more important than the how. Matter of fact, I, I want you to say this with me. The why is always more important than the how. Would you say that? The why is always more important than the how. In everything in life, the why is always more important than the how. If you want people to really get it, don't just show them how. Show them why. Every good leader knows when you share vision, don't just show them how we're going to do it. Show them why we're going to do it. When we presented to you that we needed to build this ministry center, we didn't just show you how we were going to do it. We showed you why we needed to do it. Because the why has to be more important than the how. I, I have... A, an old 2007 Jeep Wrangler. It's got 212-ish thousand miles on it. 212,000 miles. It's, it's, it's paid for. It's been paid for. And, and, and I'm happy driving that until somebody gives me a Ford Bronco. <laughs> when you give me one of those new Ford Broncos, then I'll be glad to, to give my Jeep away. But the point of having my Jeep is for me to drive from point A to point B. That's the purpose of owning a vehicle. It doesn't matter if you own a Jeep, a Maserati, or a clunker. The purpose of having that is to go from point A to point B. The, the purpose is so that vehicle can take you places. But if you take the battery out, it becomes very useless to you. It, it's because the purpose of the vehicle is to take you places, but the power of the vehicle is located in the battery. And so both become useless without the other. The why is the purpose. The how is the power. And in his great wisdom, God gave us many hows 
when it comes to the Holy Spirit, he gave us many hows in order that we might accomplish the why. This isn't really my text for today, but I want to share this with you out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I want to read verses 4 through 11 with you. And, and if you will, just listen closely. It'll be on the screen here. And Paul writes this to the church in Corinth. He says in, in verse 4, he says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. And to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another various kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So he says the Holy Spirit is going to determine how he empowers you for the body. Now Paul also said that we could pray for the higher gifts. And so we know that we can pray, but the Holy Spirit ultimately determines who is going to be empowered and how they're going to be empowered for you to have your part in the body of Christ. So it's safe to say from that list in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that Paul gave us, that that's what we call the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it's safe to say that we are well-equipped through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Would you agree with me? Through all of those giftings, we are well-equipped. However, as a pastor, I immediately see red flags. And, 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 and hear me out. I, I th I'm trying to figure out the math in my head. I think I'm in like the 24th year of full-time ministry. I've been around this thing for a long time. Raised in it. As a pastor, I immediately see red flags when someone just wants to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit but, but can care less about the why. And it doesn't take you very long in a conversation to realize w what the motives are with that person. When the how becomes more important than the why in a believer's life, we're in trouble. Don't forget what Christ said when he, he gave us this promise. Remember Acts chapter 1, verse 8? We read it earlier in this series. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Jesus said these words. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. He said, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. But, but, but don't miss it. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he says, you're going to be my witnesses. This is the why. And we cannot forget this, church. It is the why. The why of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that we need to tell people about Jesus with our witness and also with our lifestyle. He gives us the power to walk this thing out to live a lifestyle. You know, sometimes you can speak more with your lifestyle than you ever can with your words. Matter of fact, there's some of us that we probably need to work on speaking with our lifestyle before we ever open our mouths and start talking about Jesus to someone else. Ooh. It's hard today, isn't it? Man, it's tough stuff. You're a guest with us. I'm sorry. 
The why of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that we need to tell people about Jesus with our witness and our lifestyle. We are his witness. We are his witnesses. We get to tell others about him. The how of the baptism of of, of the Holy Spirit is the supernatural giftings and the power for living. That's the how. And the why has to be more important than the how. Now, now Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, listen to this. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 18 and 19. Listen to what Paul says. He said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. I mean, Paul's laying it out there pretty thick right now. He said, I, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. But here's the reason why he says it. But in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. Now, for those of you that are scared to death of the gifts of the Spirit, you're like, oh, praise God, yes. That's the first time I got an amen out of you in the last 10 years. But, but <laughs> Paul set the record straight, didn't he? Don't read anything more into this except for Paul saying the why is more important than the how. God wants to reach humanity, and he said, don't let the how become more important than the why. That when there's unbelievers in a room, it's pretty important that we speak intelligible words to them. Now, this is good for you, and in just a moment, I'm gonna read from Galatians chapter five, but this is good for you. I told you last week that the gospels, they reveal the promise. We know that, that through the Gospels, we get the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We know, but there's a promise that is revealed of the Holy Spirit, of the gift that is coming for us, this, this teacher, this comforter, this helper. We, we get that promise in the Gospels. The book of Acts reveals the purpose of here's why you need the Holy Spirit in your life. And as we're going to discover today, Paul's letters which are about two-thirds of the New Testament, they reveal the procedure. Paul's letters reveal the procedure of how to operate in the baptism of the Holy Spirit in, in our lives and in our church. And, and, and so, you, you know, it, it was almost like Paul knew that this is going to be a complex issue and that the church needed some guidance. So Paul just took it upon himself and said, you know what, through the power of the Holy Spirit operating in me, I'm gonna write it out procedurally for you. This is how it should work. And and this is so important because church, how many times, how many times have we watched someone be delegated with power and authority only to take that power and authority and begin to abuse it? It happens, we see it all the time. You put someone in a place of power, and if they are not taught correctly, led correctly, then they will begin abusing that power, and Paul could see this thing coming, and he knew that if the church was going to be successful with this, that we needed some guidance, because if we are not careful, we're going to become nothing more than a pistol in the hands of Barney Five. You ever seen that episode? You remember it? Where... Andy and Barney are deputizing a, a trio of men from the community. And Andy's trying to, Sheriff Andy is trying his best to, to teach them and, and, and relay the message to them. And, and, and Barney just interrupts and he's like, Andy, I need to say something. And Andy tries to stop him, bless his heart, he tries to stop him a few times, but finally it gets to this. And he's like, gentlemen, this is a pistol. 
And he goes through and he starts telling them how careful they've got to be. Because if you're not careful, this thing is loaded. If you're not careful, you're going to hurt someone. And as he tries to put it back in his pocket, back in its holster rather, as he, he, he almost shoots his foot, just, and everybody just kind of jumps. I'm afraid that sometimes the baptism of the Holy Spirit on some believers that have no guidance and they certainly don't know how to use the giftings that God has given us, they just become like Barney Five and we become dangerous to everybody else. We must be careful with this precious gift that has been gifted to the church. This is Jesus Christ. This is his gift to us. And he said, this gift will be with you forever. It doesn't matter, man. You, you can be a church staff member and you can ab abuse the power and the authority. You can be a team leader. You can be a, an administrative council member. You, you can be, in the secular world, you can be a business manager or business owner. You can be the captain of the sports team at your high school. You can be a parent. And if you're not careful, when power is bestowed upon you, if you're not careful, you will abuse that power. Because someone has to teach you how to become responsible with that power. It's kind of like what the late great biblical scholar Uncle Ben told Peter Parker. With great power comes great responsibility. Half the room is like, what, what, who, who's this Uncle Ben that we speak of? <laughs> I, I kind of just don't even want to let him in on the secret. Paul wanted to make sure that the purpose remained intact, so he gave us proper procedure. And all throughout the letters of Paul, man, he, he, he often begins speaking about the Holy Spirit. He guides us, he directs us, and he teaches us how to operate in the Holy Spirit in the right way and how to be Spirit-led. We don't have time to get into all of it today. We, we will just scratch the surface. But, but I'm telling you, it's those letters that give us the proper procedure. And in one of those letters, Galatians, and I'm going to be reading from chapter 5, in this letter to the, to, to the church, he, the Apostle Paul tells us how the Holy Spirit should make us act. And, and what I'm about to read to you right now, this, this is not what we are usually taught. For, for those of you that, that you were raised in Pentecost, this, this is what we needed. And nobody wanted to dive into this. And, and, and it was avoided. No one wanted to take the time to actually read it and, and, and break it down and say, this, this is how we need to be living but this is so important, and Paul said, this is the way the Holy Spirit is going to make you act. Galatians chapter 5, starting with verse 16. Paul writes, and he says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. This is what I was talking about last week. The Holy Spirit gives us power for living. The reason why some of us continue to struggle with, with our walk with Christ and, 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 and sinful lifestyle is because we have not yet been empowered by the Holy Spirit because he gives us. When we walk with the Spirit, we, we get the power to overcome these things. And so he says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. He said, the sinful nature, nature wants to do evil. Would you agree with me? My sinful nature wants to do evil. 
which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. And, and then he paints this picture. He says, these two forces are constantly fighting each other so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. He said, you're in the middle of a struggle. You're in the middle of a fight. And that fight is causing you not to walk out what you know to, to be good, what you know that you should be doing in your walk with Christ. But verse 18, he says, but when you are directed by the Spirit... You are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Now, now understand this, church. The law of Moses, the law that was given to Moses at Mount Sinai, it was meant to expose our sin. It was supposed to show us our shortcomings. The law was very intentional, and it showed us how, how we don't compare to a holy God. It showed us that our righteousness truly is as filthy rags. And so it exposes that sinful nature within us, and the law was meant to expose sin, but the Spirit gives us power to live above that sin. Under your own ability, you will continue to struggle. You will continue to fight. It's a sinful nature trying its best to, to rear its ugly head and to cause you just to become stagnant in your walk with Christ. But it's through the Spirit and the power of God that we overcome this sin. You can't do it under your own ability, but you can do it when the Spirit of God empowers you and enables you. And so, the Spirit gives us that power to live above sin so that we don't live in that guilt and that shame and that condemnation because the Spirit has taken us above that. In verse 19, Paul continues and he says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Now stay with me. This is gonna speak to, to, to all of you. Just because I read one and it's like, well, I don't struggle with that. Just, just sit there, just for a minute, okay? Paul didn't leave you out. He said the results are very clear when you live to your sinful nature. He said sexual immorality. That's the reason why some of you continue to fight with sexual immorality. You have not allowed the Holy Spirit to empower your life. Impurity. Lustful pleasures. Some of you are feeling pretty good right now. You're like, oh, I'm clear. Idolatry. Sorcery. You still feel good? Hostility. Quarreling. Oh, you experienced that on the way to church today. Jealousy. Let me say that one again. Jealousy. Outburst of anger. Selfish ambition. Dissension. Division. You better be careful on who you are allowing to influence your world. He continues with envy. Drunkenness. Wild parties. And just to make sure he didn't leave you out. And other sins like these. He says, let me tell you again as I have before. That anyone living that sort of life 
will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's heartbreaking. Why do we set ourselves up for failure? It's because you didn't even realize that you needed the Holy Spirit to give you the power to overcome these things. In verse 22, he says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, and he gives us what we refer to as the fruit of the Spirit. Listen to what he says. He says, this is what it looks like. This is the fruit of your life when you're living under the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, it's, it's love. It's joy. It's peace. It's patience. It's kindness. It's goodness. It's faithfulness. It's gentleness. And it's self-control. He said, when your life is empowered by the Holy Spirit, this is the fruit of it. And he says, there is no law against these things. He said, when you walk this out, therefore is no condemnation. He said, when you walk this out, you don't have to live in guilt and shame because when you are led by the Holy Spirit of God and you are allowing him to, to produce the fruit of the Spirit in your life. You see, church, if you see anything that doesn't reflect the fruit of the Spirit, which, by the way, this is his character this is the character of the Holy Spirit and if there's anything anything that doesn't reflect the fruit of the Spirit then it's not from him I, I, I just you know I took it upon myself to kind of just list this out for you I'm sure you're not interested laying hands on people and praying healing over them, that is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Learning to keep your hands to yourself, it's a fruit of the Spirit. Speaking a word of knowledge into a person's life and revealing truth to them is a gift of the Spirit. But learning to do that in love without arrogance and without pride, that is the fruit of the Spirit. Speaking in tongues. Oh, I know, I'm with you. Man, it would be so much better if, if that's the one that freaks us all out, right? Speaking in tongues, it, it, we can't deny it. It's a gift of the Spirit. But learning to control your tongue is the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm worried that sometimes some people in some churches and some denominations, they become so focused on the gifts of the Spirit and we quit teaching people that they must first learn to live by the fruit of the Spirit because that's what's going to open the doors to reach humanity. It's not a coincidence, church, that there are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and that there are nine fruit of the Spirit. It's because the fruit of the Spirit is the balance for the gifts of the Spirit. If he only gave us the gifts, then we are going to become the most arrogant, we are going to become the most conceited, and over time, we're going to start looking at, look what I did, look what I have accomplished. And it's always, it's always, the Spirit is always going to point back to the ministry of Christ, always. If it ever starts pointing back at us, then we've got a problem, and we're certainly not bearing the fruit of the Spirit. So the fruit of the Spirit is the balance 
to the gifts of the Spirit. Paul continues in verse 25 and he says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited. He said, let's don't provoke one another. And he said, let's certainly don't envy one another. You see, when you are operating in the fruit of the Spirit, you're not worried about how the Holy Spirit has gifted that person and gifted that person, but yet you feel like somehow you've been shafted some way, like, like he does, God doesn't love me. Why do they have that gift, but, but, but I'm just here, I'm just me. He hasn't gifted me with anything. No, no, no. That, that's when you begin envying other people, and when you live by the fruit of the Spirit, when you live in the Spirit, you don't worry about that. It's, it's not that I'm discrediting the gifts. I, I hope that nobody here thinks that at all. Not at all. I mean, I'm, I'm spending Wednesday nights. I am teaching every gift of the Holy Spirit listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 on Wednesday nights. I am breaking them down, and, and I am teaching them how they benefit our lives and how they benefit the church. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit, okay? And listen, I don't want anyone in the room to start getting weirded out. You're like, whoa, 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 you suckered me into this church, and now all of a sudden, we're not changing the, the way we operate and all that. That's not what this is about. But I will tell you this. We need to be led by the Spirit in, in, our, in, in our individual lives and in our corporate lives. We need this. I'm not discrediting the gifts of the Spirit when I teach about the fruit of the Spirit, as Paul told Timothy in his second letter to Timothy, he said, there are people that appear godly, but they deny the power. I don't want to deny the power. Holy Spirit, I don't want to deny the power. I, I want to operate and I want to move in the power and the giftings of the Holy Spirit. But I'm just saying that, that Christ said we're going to be known by our fruit. And, and we are called to bear the fruit. What fruit? We've got to bear the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And right after Paul outlined the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he immediately stresses, this is going to mess some of you up right now, but he stresses that the fruit are more important than the gifts. I didn't write it, but I'm going to read it. 1 Corinthians 13 verses 1 and 2. Remember now, he just talked about all the gifts of the Spirit. And then he says this, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, in other words, if, if I prophesy, if I share a word of wisdom in words that you can understand, or if I speak in an unknown language, he said, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, he said, I am a noisy gong or a clanking cymbal. I'm going to show my age a little bit right here, and, and, and some of you in the room are going to have no idea what I'm talking about. You can Google it later, but... but how many of you remember the gong show? Remember the gong show? It, it, it was like the original X Factor before all the you know, crazy lights and, and you know, all the neat gadgets and all that stuff that they have. You know, but, but instead of the, you know, the big X, it, it was a big gong. It was a big symbol. And, and when the judges didn't, didn't like your routine or your performance, they would take their mallet and they would hit that gong and that meant you're done. You're over. We don't like your routine. We don't like your singing. We don't like your act. And they would gong you out of it. Paul said, and I'm certain that Paul watched the gong show. I'm certain of it. 
He says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, he said, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. All you become in that moment is someone that just disapproves of someone else and there's never any love behind it. What's, what's the why? What's the why? The, the why is to be his witnesses, to reach people. The church has become very good at saying what we don't like and we've quit sharing the love with anyone that needs Jesus. Oh, I'm making some of you angry right now. I know I am. Verse 2, he says, And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, this is great faith, but have not love, I am nothing. Not here, not at DCC, but throughout the years, I have watched people lay hands on the sick on Sunday and have outbursts of anger on Monday. I've watched people prophesy at church only to get home and pick everybody apart. I, I, I have seen people appear desperate to be used by the Spirit publicly, but they cause division in the church privately. This is not the fruit of the Spirit. And these are the things that the enemy will use to destroy a true move of God. Church, it is our job, before anything else, it is our job to make sure that we operate in the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the things that we must operate in. These should be active in our daily lives. These are the things that, that really matter. And just think about this with me. Imagine what is more beneficial in your home. The fruit of the Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit. I only say this because I have the microphone. But my wife and my children, they'll tell you that what you see is what you get. Good, bad, or ugly. If, if, you, if you see me on this stage, I, I promise you, this is who I am. Hear me out. And it's only by the grace of God, trust me, I don't have the ability to be this guy except through the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. When he baptized me with, with his Holy Spirit, it created character within me. And when you walk out the fruit of the Spirit at home, it opens the door for you to live out the gifts of the Spirit in your home. Think about it. If I operate with, with gentleness, with love, it's not going to catch my family by surprise when one of them is sick and I come over and I lay hands on them and the gift of healing begins to operate through my life, a gift of the Spirit, it, it, it opens the door for that. 
faithfulness. When I have been faithful to my marriage, to my wife, it opens the door for me to speak into her life a word of knowledge that God has given me. If we will learn to live by the fruit of the Spirit in our homes, it will open the door for us to walk out the gifts of the Spirit in our homes. And that's where it should start. Before you ever go public with it, let it start there. But it certainly does apply publicly too. If you want to, to, to reach the, the why, if you want to figure that out, that, then long before you start operating in the how, then you start worrying more about the, the, the fruit of the Spirit coming forth and, and bearing the fruit from every limb of your body. You start bearing the fruit of the Spirit and it will open the doors for you to reach the laws. But it has to start with the fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's where it starts. The Holy Spirit wants to use you and he wants to gift you. But it has to start with fruit. We're known by the fruit. The gifts of the Spirit are necessary for bringing heaven to earth. Hear me. The power of heaven flows through the conduit of man. The gifts of the Spirit bring heaven to earth, but the fruit of the Spirit are necessary from taking earth to heaven. And there are people in our homes people on our jobs. There are people that we love, that we want to see them come to know Jesus Christ. We want to spend eternity in heaven with them, but, but it's only going to come through the fruit of the Spirit operating in our lives because that, that is how we take earth to heaven. I want the power of God operating Man, I want the character of the Holy Spirit guiding that because if I don't, it becomes dangerous and it hurts more people than it helps. Some of your prodigals, man, God has just been leading me with a burden for your prodigals lately. Your sons and your daughters that have gone astray. When they see the fruit of the Spirit operating in your life, they are going to become hungry for more of God. When your unbelieving spouse sees the fruit of the Spirit in operation in your life, you will begin taking earth to heaven. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.